Murphy here, and you know that I am the money chick. And it's like, well, why do I have a segment called Awaken Your Spirit? Because we either work things out and we act it out through our money, through our health, and our relationships because we are not actually operating from the place of our spirit and our heart and soul. So I have brought a spiritual coach and channel, Natalie. And Natalie is going to give us a little synopsis of what she does. And we're going to have this conversation because we're all searching for something. And um, she may be a good connection for you. So I want to bring the resource to you. Thank you, beautiful. Hello, 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 hello. Such a pleasure to be here. First of all, you are dynamic and lovely and <laughs> straight from the heart and so authentic. So thank you. It's an honor. Um, so yes, my name is Natalie Gianelli and I am a spiritual coach and channel. What is a channel? Mm. <laughs> um, That's a good question because there's a lot of people that actually have no idea. <laughs> right, right. So I've been doing what I do for over 20 years. And the, the thing I always say is that everyone is a channel. So everyone watching this now and later and forever, you are a channel. And in our society, we hear a lot of times people talk about people channeling their music or channeling their art or, you know, your books. your books. Exactly. Exactly. That, that book was channeled through. And even the author will sure. say that was like 10% me and 90% whatever else you want to call it. You got to open up that crown chakra. That's right. Baby. <laughs> there it comes in, right? Totally. Can't fast enough. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, so the kind of channeling that I do is I do it two ways. I do a conscious channeling and then I also do what they call trance channeling. So the conscious channeling is also what everyone does. Everyone does this at a certain level. It is when you're tapping into the intuitive part of you, the truest intuitive, intuitive part of you, mm -hmm. and you're letting what I would call the higher self or some people would yep. call it God, divinity, love, beauty, whatever you want to call it. The That's universe. The universe, universe, absolutely. Yep. 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 I think it's all semantics. I don't think it's mm -hmm. one or the other. It's just semantics and what people I are comfortable with. 100%. 100%. Whatever you're interested, tomato, yeah, tomato. Right. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So in the conscious channeling is that when I'm, when I'm connecting to that greater part of the all that is and letting it speak through me. Mm -hmm. And... And a lot of times people would call it intuitive counseling or something like that. So the trance channeling is where it gets just a little bit interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. So, so trance channeling is what, when I am working with a master teacher who is on the other side, his name is Dr. James Martin Peebles. And he was a real man. He lived on the planet earth and had an incarnation from 19, from 1822 to 1922. And he was a naturopath and a medical doctor and an author and a civil war surgeon and all kinds of things. And I'm not the only one who channels him. So uh, what happens is when I'm channeling him, I take my energy as Natalie, as my egoic experience of me mm -hmm. and I'm, blow it up. I expand it way, way, way out so that it's kind of dissolved. And right. then I invite in the energy of Dr. Peebles and he works with what he calls the band of angels, his guidance system. Mm -hmm. And then they speak through me. So when I'm doing a trance channeling session, my eyes are closed and Dr. Peebles speaks through me in an accent and the cadence is different. And if you're new to it, you'd be like, what is going on? Yeah, I remember the first time I heard a channel like that, I was like going, I think I don't know what I think of this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And when I first when I first was introduced to Dr. Peebles through another medium in Sedona, Arizona, her name is Summer Bacon. She's an amazing channel if anyone ever is interested. Um, someone said to me, well, you got to come see this gal. I was into anything kind of woo, woo, but you got to, she said, you got to come see this gal. She's, she channels a dead guy and he gives advice on your life. And I was like, I'm sorry. What's that happening? <laughs> I don't know if I learned that in my MBA. Yes. Right. 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 <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I went to go experience the channeling. And what struck me was the amount of love the unconditional love that came through it was deeply heart space, deeply supportive, not instructive of like, you got to do this and that. And so 
there was an immediate heart connection between me and Dr. Peebles, this teacher, and through her. And in one of the sessions, because I, I was like, I want to keep knowing and expanding and, and understanding this. And so in one of the sessions, he said, you're open to this. You could, you could become a channel. What do you think about that? And so I said, absolutely, thinking that that would be my spiritual work and right. that I'd do something normal on the side. But... <laughs> But I don't do anything normal. It's not so. normal these days, though. Like, people thought it was normal to drive to work all the time, and now everybody's working from their homes. <laughs> right, exactly. And now that's really normal and lovely. Yeah. Right. So the trans channeling is where I am. I'm the e mm, how do I want to say it? The the like I said, the egoic part of me, the Natalie human part of me, is much more dissolved. And then Doctor Peoples can speak through me. And when I'm doing the conscious channeling, I'm working with Dr. Peoples and his guides and then the other person's guides as well. So I can make references to right. Facebook or Restream or YouTube. Right. So <laughs> it's kind of like a merging of souls, if you will. You got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that strikes me about the work that you're doing, particularly, you know, during like challenging times is the fact that um, your message when you do this channel is really it's a message of love. Mm -hmm. And um, what we're all going through right now is really trying to shift. You know, I always talk about that we're uh, moving from having the divine masculine energy lead the divine feminine energy to the, the opposite so that it's not the masculine is our mind and our heart is the feminine and that and we all have masculine and feminine energies and that it's the heart and the love that needs to lead the egoic mind. And this is uh, this is what um, myself and and many and yourself include, believe that this is this transformation that this pandemic is like pushed people through over the last few years, and so mm -hmm. um, I, I just I'm grateful for your messages that um, really uh, come through as messages of love of how to redirect and like kind of get out of your own way and and doing it in a what I would call a safe and loving container. You know, mm -hmm. not a container that people feel blame or judged or like there's none of that, which is so prevalent in our world right now. There's so much judging. There's so much hating. There's so much. And that is not your message. And, it, and it's a it's a guidepost, if you will, um, as to where we're going. And we have to remember that we have these grooves in our brain that are patterning in how we operate in the world. And so if you want to shift from an egoic, you know, masculine way of operating in the world to more in your heart space, you have to listen to things like your message because it rewires, it literally rewires your brain to seeing something from a different perspective. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's beautifully said. That's beautifully said. And I love the, I love the reminder that it takes just a little consistency with a new message. That's it. That's really, really it. Like if I could, if I could tell people one thing, it's just that nothing is hard. Nothing is hard in the planet. It feels hard, but nothing is hard. Playing the guitar is not hard, but it's challenging if you've never done it before. Nothing and if you're is consistent hard. At it, you get better at it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. The new, the new messages of love when they're ingrained suddenly not only does the brain start to pick them up, which I love that you talk about the grooves because that's so perfect, but also <laughs> it's perfect. But also one of the things that my teacher, Dr. Peebles says is that the language of the planet is love. Everything on the planet speaks the language of love and yes. So the way that we experience love as humans might feel a little differently. Like maybe the butterfly doesn't feel like love, like we feel it, but it feels the yes momentum without constriction, without um, separation. Right. So mother nature itself is just constantly saying yes after yes after yes after yes. The plant moves towards the light, not away from the sun. Even the little bunny rabbit isn't necessarily moving away from the coyote. What needs bunnies sure. these days? I don't know. It's right, moving right, right. towards <laughs> safety, towards safety, right? So what happens is, is that when we when we consistently insert a no vibration, a, um, a, I don't even want to say negative, but it's a 
constriction vibration. As it's opposed not, to expansion, right? Exactly. It's not right or wrong, but it's not the language of the planet we live on. So it will be like going through Germany trying to just scream French and understand why, why, anywhere. And it's, it's like, you could probably get somewhere, but it's going to take you a long time right. and you're going to get irritated and other things are, people are going to get irritated and people are going to look at you like, what is it? <laughs> so, That's so true. I, yeah. I get that on so many levels because and it, it really is that simple. I think it's important for people to understand that this doesn't have to be hard. We, what's hard is continuing to operate not from that space. Come on. <laughs> yes. Right. right. And, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We don't understand that it's become a habitual pattern to suffer and mm. to create more stress and strain. And just take, for example, people now ha not having their commutes to work. Right. Um, because they're having higher quality of life. I think for like even my own world, you know, I was able to teach my kids how to cook and be in a kitchen because I recouped, you know, a lot of time every day, not having to run from here to there. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. so there are there are gifts. Um, but but when we're on the treadmill or the rat race of life. Right. Um, I'm grateful for uh, what we've experienced over the last couple of years of the pandemic because um, it's created a new viewpoint. And and I know some people are really struggling with that from a fear perspective. Um, but for me, it's been huge opportunity and finding more of what I love in life and more of what feeds my heart and soul and my spirit, um, as opposed to continuing the suffering cycles, the things that are challenging that give you a headache and make you bloated and inflamed, and, right? Like there's all the practical stuff that the suffering piece really plays into. That's a huge point. That's a huge yeah. point. And I think it's important to remember that, like you said, that suffering is learned. Mm. Like we, we, we were taught suffering by our well-meaning parents and they were taught suffering by their well-meaning parents. And so this, this language of suffering is a human thing. No other species does this. Right. And, and to your point, this is so beautiful. We can begin to see, <clears throat> excuse me, we can begin to see how does that suffering show up physically? Oh, do I get lightheaded? Do I get dizzy? Do I get nervous? Do I get anxious? Do I um, do I get inflamed, et cetera? And then I feel like we can work it backwards. Just, totally. just, a, just a little bit of awareness, you know? Um, oh, I'm feeling this. Why do I feel this? Oh, I, you know, I um, ate this or I, I, you know, instead of doing a meditation or instead of just taking deep breaths before bed, I watch the news or I... Yep watched YouTube or whatever, like, I'm telling you well, what. We don't realize, oh, go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say, if you have to watch anything before bed, watch YouTube interspecies friendships. Like, <laughs> the whole world. like, you know, like when a cat adopts like a baby chipmunk that's been abandoned, you know, like. Right, like, stuff that actually, that so to your point, it's like the things that drop you into your heart and your yes. spirit, right? Yes. The yes. things that drop you into that love space. Yes. You know, because then you're going to sleep better. Then you're going to feel refreshed when you wake up in the morning. And we don't realize how all this noise around us really can affect us at a deep, deep level. Yeah. Yeah. And so how, how do you, I'm curious, how do you help people? You do spiritual coaching. So mm -hmm. how do you help people when you coach them um, drop more into that heart of theirs? Yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I want inquiring minds want to know. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I love the question so much because, like you said at the very beginning of the of the chat here, it's easier than you think. It's so much easier than you think. The first thing that I remind people, and we do get to have reminders, I even remind myself, is that you already know. You already have the answers. It never exists outside of you. What exists outside of us is confirmation sometimes, or sometimes outside of us, we'll hear it in a different way and be like, Ooh, I never would have put it in those pants, you know, or whatever. Right, but, right. but the truth is, is that whatever information we're looking for, whatever 
whatever direction we're seeking, it is already within us. And that alone allows for um, people to know, oh, okay, there's a hopefulness all, all of a sudden. Like, oh, okay, I've got it. I've got it somewhere in there. Now, can you tap into it? So right. belief is first, you have to really truly know that you do have the answers inside yourself. What I would say is that our the way society is built, it's built so that we we think that something outside of us knows something better than what we know. I know all my formal education and I have a ton of it. You know, that is exactly it's like, well, because we're taught early on to, well, you got to improve at the class that you suck at. Right. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to why aren't we just focusing on what we're really, really great at and our knowing and, and build and trust that stuff from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. That's why I chose the subtitle in my first book, The Emotion Behind Money, mm -hmm. Building Wealth from the Inside Out. Yes. Because that's the muscle that is not built. So you're right. That first step is, you know, you already have the answer. So, so. Okay, so if you accept that and you say, okay, I already know the answers, but then how do you get somebody to tap more into that muscle? Yeah, and not only do I already know the answers, but the answers are already within me because sometimes we don't have access to the answers consciously. I get it. We really don't oh, sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> sometimes the mind is like, no, no, no. And so it doesn't. <laughs> <still mindful>. nope. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me, but knowing that they exist in there, even if you don't have access to them, that's step one. It's kind of like um, the example that my teacher, Dr. People, says is that if you've lost your keys, but you're in the house, then you're like, well, I used them to get inside the house. So I know they're in the house. I just right. don't know. Did I put them down in the bathroom because I had to go to the bathroom right away? Did I put them in the fridge when I went to go get an apple? Whatever, you know? Right. So right. they're in there first. That's step one. Step two is like we were talking about consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. Like meditation, meditation is no longer a luxury. Mm. It's not. You, there must be, I don't even want to say must. There gets to be, there gets to be a time for all of us every single day where I could even cry right now talking about where we just take even five minutes. I promise you, it's better to do five minutes a day. It's better to do two minutes a day than every day than to wait and do an hour on a Wednesday or 20 minutes every two mm. times a week. So the consistency of sitting down to just breathe, to connect to that source, right. that spirit, universe, divinity that exists, not only in us, but as us that we right. are. Right, right. Connect to that. And even two minutes of just a couple of breaths without the mind necessarily running around like crazy, it taps you in so quickly. Mm -hmm. And suddenly with just a little bit of consistency, you get it. You're like, oh, right. I am the cosmos. I am the all <laughs> you know? And it's so the consistency so of tapping in and even small amounts make a huge difference. And, right. and with, with consistency, it gets easier and easier and easier to quiet the mind. And uh, it gets you have more and more revelations that start to come. It's just, um, uh, it's it's just a way to get. Well, and you, as, I, as I'm hearing you talk, um, that it's no different than like working out your body, right? It's like you're working out your spirit. Like you don't actually become a bodybuilder if you're inconsistent with your workouts, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And this is no different that. When you're trying to go into that meditative space and that calm and tune into your higher self, um, that actually, it doesn't happen overnight. And it's just about, to your point, like, even if it's five minutes a day, you just sit. And it's funny, like, I meditate. I have a chair that I met. I, I literally just sit in the chair and I don't even start meditating yet. And I already go there. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoop, because I'm regular and consistent in the place that I always meditate. And I go right there and it's like, woo, I just connect. And then what, what, what's amazing to me is that once you connect, everything opens, all of a sudden you have this clarity 
that is beyond measure. And the clarity, all of a sudden, it's like, I got all the solutions of the things that, you know, were things that I was trying to think my way through. But um, I would have never have came up with a lot of the answers that I come up with, because those answers are quantum leap answers as opposed to linear. Come on. Yes. Because our mind does the linear, whereas when we're tapping into the quantum field in meditation, whoo, you know, mm -hmm. you're, 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 I get messages that sometimes I look up at the sky and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, yeah. all right, but I've learned, I've done it enough that I now know that, okay, I get it. I got it. And, um, mm -hmm. I've, I've learned to trust that I just, even though I don't really understand the message sometimes, um, I keep stepping through so that I can get to the other side and it always aligns in the most magical ways. Like, that is where miracles happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's quite amazing. And you get to do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every, you know, everyone can do, do it. that. <laughs> everyone could do it every day. You know, it's it's the uh, it's like, you know, if you're going somewhere, um, you're going to meet a friend and you think, I think I know the way. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. I've, I've been there before. I'm pretty sure I know the way to this uh, taco shop. Right. Yes, the tacos. Yep. Um, so, and if you get in the car and you think you know the way, you're probably going to get there. But if you take a moment beforehand to put it into your GPS, right, then it'll and take you, know you to the right time. That's what meditation is. It's just taking a moment to sort of tap into the universal GPS and be like, okay, take me. Because it's it that that connection that we get through meditation is always going to lead us more smoothly, more swiftly, with less construction than our minds our minds will right and the reason for that is because in my experience in my perspective the mind only really wants two things it wants to keep you safe <laughs> but it also wants to keep you entertained it wants to keep itself ah, entertained right so when the mind doesn't doesn't have anything to do it's like well mm. <laughs> you know like He's not doing anything. like a toddler. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing anything fun. You know what we should do? Right. Have the cat knock this water over on her computer. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah. And it just creates little like havoc sometimes. And so, when we're in the meditation uh, experience and that that consistency, then we're training our mind to follow us, the heart, instead of the mind saying, "I got this. I can right. take this." Right. Like we said at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, so, meditation. so when you're, so it's about like accessing the answers that are inside of us, even if sometimes you don't have access to it, you know, but the consistency then opens up the access. Right. 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 Exactly. And, um, and, and what, how does one then when you're coaching them from a spiritual coach, like getting in tune with your, your, your heart and your soul, like, what kind of path do you walk people down? I'm, I'm curious in terms of, I mean, I know people think that I'm a money manager, but I'm, I'm, people will call me a therapist, um, soul coach, you know, because I'm integrating because to me, there's some area of your life that has dominated. It could be your financial life or your work life, but then because you work so much, your family's a disaster and your kids don't really like you. And, um, we, we, what happens is over time is that if we, I always look at it this way. So your soul came in here and you've got this path that you've agreed to live in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you have free will and that may align perfectly or it may not. And I find that the bigger the V is, if you will, the bigger the crisis is to get you back in alignment with your spirit and to drop into that heart and let your heart actually lead your life. So for me, um, I had a near-death experience giving birth to my fourth child. And I had that whole near-death experience where I saw the light, the whole thing. I was like above my body watching down and I'm like going, and it took me a couple of years to actually tell anybody that. I, I remember going back to see my OB and I was like, hey, Dr. Foley, I go, um, did you witness anything when I was in there? Cause I had quite an interesting experience and, 
and he he's in tune from a spiritual perspective mm-hmm. um and he goes yeah i knew something wasn't right and and he literally started talking to my soul like and i remember mm-hmm. him talking to me but i couldn't respond but he was like almost like pulling my energy back into the operating room and because wow. i was deciding am i going the other way or am i staying in this body and uh so that that was my crisis and you know what I was totally fine afterwards, got through it. Baby's fine. He's great. He's six now, you know, but we don't have to call in those crises to actually, whether it's a disease or a near-death experience or the loss of a marriage, or it's about the fact that when we're not living authentic in life, in alignment with our spirit and our soul Mm -hmm. and our hearts, um, that's when we're literally unconsciously calling in a crisis. And, and that crisis will get bigger and bigger um, the longer you um, wait to, to align. Um, and it happens to everybody. I, it doesn't matter where you're from, what color you are, what education level you have. It happens to every human being. Yeah. And I've coached thousands. So I, I just would love to hear what you, what your thoughts are there. Yeah. Well, you know, Tony Robbins says we either change through inspiration or desperation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we're like you said, when we're veering off over here, so here's our soul path and yep. all the all the little lights are lined up, be like over here, over here. We're like, mm, I think I'm going to binge watch Outlander for eight hours, you know, or like yeah. distractions right. or whatever. Um, when we're off path, then what I think is important for especially when people are in hard times, you know, when, when we're in struggling, when we're in hard times. I think it's important to remember that there really isn't, we can't do it wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, they need to understand that you cannot do this wrong. You do it wrong. There's no, there's no right or wrong way to get there. Your right. soul is going to get you there anyway. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> near death so, experience or not. Whether or not near death experience, whether or not it is, it, it is moving on, you know, to the bad, like, your soul's going to get you there anyway. So your soul's in charge. You cannot outsmart your soul. Done. But there's so, a lot of smart people in this world that think they can outsmart their own souls. Yep. <laughs> I know better. I know better. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I know. We've been there, right? We've had yeah, moments we where we've been there. Right. Yeah. I got this. But when we're, when we're veering off over here, one of the been the biggest things, and, and everyone who's watching, you know, they know it, but you feel it. You just feel it. Mm-hmm. You feel that you're not quite as aligned with your soul's path or the truth because you're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling sad. You're feeling uh, fearful. These, these feelings start to come up. And what I think is important is when they do, then it doesn't necessarily mean that you're off track or doing something bad, but it means, Hey, like a tap on the shoulder, there's something to pay attention to. There's a healing wanting to happen here. And so sometimes we put off the healing, um, you know, for months and years. So then the the tapping on the shoulder gets louder. My teacher, Dr. Peebles says that when there's something going on um, with the body or really anything, but it's like a messenger at the door and the messenger at the door is knocking on the door and it doesn't do any good to stand in the kitchen and be like, go away. I don't want it. <laughs> Not in the mood today. No, I'm for me. I'm done for me. I'm busy. I'm busy making cookies. Whatever. Doesn't they do anything. Well, because the messenger has a job to do. So the messenger has to get you to sign for this message. So the messenger is going to come on, knock louder. The messenger is going to come to the back door. The messenger is going to come to the window and be like, I just need you to sign for this, please. Yeah. So if you just go to the door and say, okay, what's the message? Here we go. And then time for the message, then we get it and then we can work through it. Then the messenger can leave and then whatever's going on in the body or the tragedy or the issue or whatever conflict we've created that can start to dissolve. Right. Because we've now addressed, Oh God, this is the message Mm. Message is I don't want to, I'm I'm, the inner child in me is scared to really drop into doing some of the emotion work with my childhood or um, you know, I'm, I'm, my heart has known for a long time that uh, I need to change jobs, but I just haven't had the courage to do so, that sort of thing. And so things are getting worse and worse and worse at the job. So when we, excuse me, when we see the message, when we just finally say, okay, 
What is it? And a lot of times, again, meditation will help. Totally. Message, then we can be like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this yet. I don't know how to address it, but I know that that this is the message that's been relayed to me. Well, and, and I can tell you, for me, um, I would say when I didn't know, I would just be like, can you just show me the next right step? Ooh. Like I, I just, and you know what? Sometimes I have to be like, okay, I know this needs to change, but just show me the next right step because it could be as easy as you just, what you're doing there is you're just opening up an energetic door that says, okay, I am willing to have a possibility of some kind of shift and change in my life. Right. And that just opens it up so that more can uncover and show you that path as That's opposed right. to being closed and, you know, stay in a place of curiosity as opposed to closed so that you don't call in that midlife crisis. That's right. right. That's right. And when you're in the midlife crisis, when you're in the struggle, you're like, Ugh, I didn't listen last four months or whatever. <laughs> Messengers digging underneath the house. When you're in it, one of the, just like you said, you can say, okay, show me the next right step when you're in it. And especially, you know, when people are really in it, like, like, like maybe you're in the middle of an anxiety attack or you're like, you're like, I don't know what to do at, at, in the next 24 hours, something like that. One of the things that's helpful is to acknowledge that, okay, the part in me that's feeling this is the smaller part of me or what I would call the inner child. This is the part of me that's feeling this, the inner child. When we identify the inner child instead of identifying as the inner child or as the ego, yeah. you immediately shift into the higher self. So now you're observing what's happening. Yep. You yep. can calm, you can calm that part of you down. You know, step two would be to just say, I've got you. I love you. You're safe. All is well. That'll calm that literally calms your nervous system down. It, it it brings a peace to your heart. And in that peace, you can then ask your heart, what would you like me to do in the next 10 seconds? What would you like me to do in the next 10 seconds, heart? Mm. A lot of times the heart will say something completely off topic. Go watch the birds for a second. Right, right. Tea. But that's one of the other things that when I'm working with people, um, that to just bring it back to the exact moment so that we're listening. Okay. What does the heart want you to do in the next 10 seconds? Right. And if we can start to, to listen to that more and more, then we're more and more open. Like you said, to when we say, okay, show me the next right step. Yeah. And then we're more and more open to, okay, I can already feel and see the vision of what I want. So now right. I, now I can, I can anticipate the path, you know, months before. Right. And it feels, you know what? And, and I think it's important to, to state to people, you know, as you were telling that story, what popped in my mind is, you know, one of my spiritual coaches through the years said to me uh, when I was going through my divorce, he said, um, so what was the day that you thought that maybe you made a mistake getting married to him? And it popped right in. Mm -hmm. And it was like six months after we were married. Yeah. And I stayed married for 14 years. Yeah. So there's a piece here that it's okay if you're shown things that aren't necessarily like you're, you know, cause you can start to tell yourself the story of going, well, yeah, I got the clue a little bit then, but I didn't do anything about it. And then you can start beating yourself up about it. Like, no way. You know, yeah. like I gave extreme gratitude throughout my whole process over the last few years um, of I am so grateful for the four beautiful babies that I have. And in that, then there became more healing and things started to unpack. And, you know, because our souls, I, I truly believe um, that our souls make these agreements before we come to this earth. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, okay, so if we agreed to kind of provoke the heck out of each other. So we both heal and get to this higher place. Well, joke's on us, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm grateful that, you know, throughout all of it, you know, I would set the intention of, I want the highest and best for me, him and the kids. And it's been actually quite amazing how it's coming into form. Mm -hmm. And because um, really, we don't know. We don't know how it's actually going to turn out. You just have to hold the intention of what it is that you want to create because your heart is really screaming at you what you what you really, truly love. 
you know, for whatever scenario, whether that's your work life or your family life, you know, financial life, like it's true for all those different areas. And that's why when people are like, are you a finance person? I'm like, I am. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, that sounds a little weird. You know, I'm going, yeah, but we are, you are the whole person. Like money is just the result of how well you're aligning with your heart. Mm, now, you mm. make a ton of money and have all this wealth and you ignore your family. Well, now half your wealth's going out the door in a divorce. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. a third's to the attorneys, a third's to your ex and a third's to you. Like <laughs> we, we, we don't realize the systemic effect of um, some of our choices because, and, and no different than our health. Our health is the result of what we're creating in our lives as well. And mm-hmm. so I have just found that the more one really connects with their spirit and with their heart and their soul, the more they're amplified and they expand in life, whether that's financially or health wise, you know, I've just seen it so many times, like you can't even convince me otherwise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know this because you're a spiritual coach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it too. I've seen it too, because what we, in my experience, what people can get caught up in the human things. I should fix this problem. I should change this job. I should make more money. I should, you know, connect better with this person. All of that is very, very important. But if you said this, if someone doesn't have a greater vision for their life, how do you want to serve? How do you want to make an impact? Why are you really here? Why are you really here? And um, a lot of times, I'm sure you do it in your work too. A lot of times, if you can nudge people out of their own bubble, totally, then suddenly um, they start to get enlivened again. You know, I love the, I don't know who said this, but there's a, there's a um, quote that says, if all your dreams come true, would it change the world or just your world? The world. And, right. And so a lot of times people will say, oh, well, well, you know, if, tell me about if all your dreams come true. Oh, my family would be happy. This would be happy. I have a legacy for my family, blah, blah. But sometimes it takes people a little bit to say, oh, you know, I might, I might like to teach art in India. I might like to, like to get outside of the bubble because like you said earlier, we live in a society that is stay focused on you and fix all of all the things that are wrong. And there's nothing wrong. And you so, know what? I, I, I heard loud and clear over the last couple of years, just let it fall apart because in that falling apart, it's actually all falling together. Always. And always. it's always doing that. We just have to trust that process. Always. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's um, breaking up to break through, breaking down to break through. Yeah. Yeah. Like the volcano, right? The volcano right. gets all hot and, and like <laughs> lava and like oh my god it's all happening oh my god and then it starts to cool and you're like ooh, more island more More places to grow things sometimes that's how we do it sometimes that's how we expand right you know it takes a near-death experience while you're giving birth to your fourth child and the doctor's like a little over the head (laughs) (laughs) i love it i finally got it thanks yeah He's like, let me talk to her soul really quick. Uh, just, yeah, yes. Yeah, right? beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, and it's just been one of these things where, you know, I was, you know, it's so easy to conform. It's so easy to fold into what, what, mm-hmm. what the mass is doing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've had awful number of opportunities to go work for banks and insurance companies and wirehouses and, because they all want somebody with my expertise. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that one of the things that's super clear to me in my lifetime is that I have to continue to stay on that pioneering edge and do things that um, my industry is not doing at the moment. Thank and you. I laugh hysterically. I wrote my first book, The Emotion Behind Money, back in 2008. And when it came out, people are like, oh, my God. Well, within 30 days of it coming out, I found myself on CNBC because the stock market was tanking and they didn't have the numbers to talk about anymore. So maybe we should talk about some of these human emotions. I'm like going, how can you not include human emotions in money? Because it's very emotionally driven for most people. And then a few years later, Harvard comes out with this paper that says, well, there's a concept called behavioral finance. And I'm like, no shit. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) In the most loving way possible. But, right. but, it, but so 
this is where when your soul talks to you that like it would have been easier on some levels to go work inside of an infrastructure while being a mom and getting a guaranteed paycheck and benefits that I don't have to worry about. But boy, would I be selling my soul, right? Because I need to stay on that pioneering edge. I am not one that's supposed to stay in the box. And um, so I find that it's also very funny that people call me regularly to get out of their boxes Mm -hmm. that they've created. Mm -hmm. And it's because they've on some level negotiated some of themselves away Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get back into their spirit. And that's why I love talking with people like Mm -hmm. yourself, because I'm not necessarily I I, I know enough to be dangerous in, you know, being a spiritual coach. But um, I will defer going, you know what? Have you heard of this person? Like, why don't you go have some sessions with them? Why Mm -hmm. don't you, you know, so that way you're building like a team that can help you in the different areas of your life that are really just have your best interest of getting uh, in more in alignment with your heart and your soul. Absolutely. You know? So and how, would also- you de- how would you describe the part of us that negotiates ourself away? How would you describe that? So, um, you know, I follow a lot of uh, Bruce Lipton's work that yeah. when he talks about the subconscious mind, right? So he wrote a mm-hmm. book called the biology of belief. And I read yeah. that years ago and yeah. um, that, of our uh, response to the world comes from our subconscious mind, not our conscious mind. And that all of us have some kind of rejection or um, trauma before we were seven years old. Mm -hmm. And that is then the basis of how we're now interfacing in the world and the basis of all those relationships. And so for me, my story and anyone who's watching my shows, um, when I was... um, a child, we had a family friend who was a Catholic priest who decided to stick his hands where they didn't belong when I was about five years old. Mm-hmm. And that hardwired into me to where it was like, I would then was not enough. I was always trying to prove that I was worthy. So there the psychological mm-hmm. patterning. So it's, it's, it was great. It's what that fire from that experience led me to building a company at 22 years old, right? But Mm -hmm. because I was trying to prove I was enough. But the problem is you hit a glass ceiling when you're operating from that place of, um, from a drive that's not authentically you. That was based on a trauma. And so to break through those glass ceilings, you have to align with your heart and your soul and not your trauma. And it kind of connects into like, your inner child that you were talking about earlier. It's like little Julie at five years old didn't feel safe all of a sudden because I was violated. And then that led to, you know, all the aspects of how I interfaced in the world. And what's even more interesting is that for years I had that buried. I didn't even remember it until I started doing, I had the near death experience, met one of my spiritual coaches at that time. And started doing one-on-ones with him for four years. And during that four-year process is where it unpacked. And I was like, I watched it. I always knew I didn't like the guy. And then Mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised when he spent 20 years in jail up in the state of Wisconsin. He got Mm -hmm. caught Mm -hmm. with other kids. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just really amazing on how we have these experiences and um, that it really then shapes who we are up to a certain point, but then you reach a cap and then you're just in your suffering cycles. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. I know I'm here for more than that. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but I, I really believe that that's where it, for everybody, you have some kind of event, whether mm-hmm. it's traumatic or not, it could just be like, I had one client who told me my grandmother, she explicitly remembers grandma smacking her on the hand mm-hmm. and that smack on the hand wired into her that, she wasn't good enough. And then mm-hmm. it leaked into her work life and her, you know, marriage and everything. And once we shined the light on that, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I had somebody else recently tell me about how their wiring was that while well, they were a uh, teenage pregnancy. Oh. And so parents never had enough money. They were always struggling. They were always trying to make it because they were 16 when they gave birth to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that hardwired into her. So we all have our other, our stories of that. And, um, and the more we can tap into, and, and, and I believe our, our souls called those stories in, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have that experience to then launch you into what your soul's supposed to grow 
and do in this lifetime. Yeah. I love that because one of the things I'll just say quickly um, that my teacher, Dr. Peebles talks about is we all are channeling one of three versions of ourselves at any given point in time in our incarnation. And when we are feeling the fear, the overwhelm, the rejection, the anxiety, et cetera, the sadness, that's what he calls the inner child. Or sometimes he'll refer to it as the mind or the ego. Then we have those moments where we're really enlightened and we feel neutral and we're balanced and we know where we're going, even if we don't hold the map. That's what he calls the higher self or the love or the heart. And then there's the middle ground where most of us spend most of our lives, mm. which is what he calls the inner child doing the higher self impression. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And this is the part of us that's, I mean, and this this is somewhat Jungian too, but like this is the part of us that's trying to cope with the inner child. So you can think about the inner child, like you said, the, right. the zero, through, zero, zero through seven, zero through eight, and then the inner child doing the higher self-impression is the part of us that is like the 13, 14 year old trying to figure it out. And um, what what my teacher says is that if at any time we can hear ourselves say, if it were different, it would be better. Then we're channeling the inner child doing the higher self-impression. Ah, yeah. So that's a good tell sign. That's a good tell sign. And that's how most of us, that's how most people live their entire lives. If I just was over here, if I just did this. If I just had more money, life would be different. I hear that all the time. (laughs) Of course, of course. So that's a tell sign. And one of the things that people can do if they're really struggling, if they're in a, if they're in a challenging time, is that if they hear themselves say that, it's not the time to try to fix something right now. Instead, Mm -hmm. it's the time to pause to come back and, and remind the little girl, the little boy, remind the inner child, you're safe. I got you. Wow. So because the inner child doing the higher self-impression can't solve the problem, really. This is the glass ceiling you're talking about. They can only get so far. Like a 13-year-old can make dinner, but probably spaghetti, and that's about it or something. That's you a know? really great nugget. That's yeah. really great. So before you try to fix a problem, before you try to get out of an issue where you're in, if you know, oh, if it were different, it'd be better if I just did blah, 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 blah. If you know you're then there, okay. Then you're channeling your 11-year-old, basically. So right. pause and just come back. And, and what I do is I put my hand on my heart and I just, for a moment, I'm like, okay, this is the inner child in me. And I just take a moment to say, you're, you're all right. I've got you. You're safe. It's all right. I'm here. I got mm-hmm. you. You're loved. All is well. And that calms the nervous system down. It literally takes the cortisol levels down. So that then we're observing. So then we're in the higher self. So then we can much more be open to, okay, what's the next step then? What would you like me to do? So would you think that when you do that, because I always talk about the fact that the only way through is to feel your feelings. So Mm -hmm. when you're establishing that place of safety, Mm -hmm. um, do you find that people's emotions come up? It's a great question. I love you so much, Julie. It's a great <laughs> it's a great question. Absolutely, they come up, and sometimes, uh, other other times, people will say, "Well, is that is that rejecting, or is that is that putting the inner child in her place so that she doesn't have those feelings?" And it's not. It's um, the example that gets used um, that that Dr. Peoples uses through me is that if you had a if you had a, a a child that you were taking care of and they came home from school and they were really upset. And they were pacing and they were crying and they were they threw their books down and they said, I don't know what to do, and blah, blah, blah. And they go to their room and they're pacing and they're crying. How long would you let them be in their room alone before you went to go check on them? Mm. Yeah. And most That's people so would true. say, not at all. I wouldn't even let them go to the room. I would, I would, <laughs> as, soon as, they, as soon as they came to the door, I'd wrap my arms around them and say, what's going on? You're How safe. are you? You're safe. It's, I got you, whatever it is, we'll walk through it. That, so when we try to figure something out from that inner child or that inner child doing the higher self-impression place, mm-hmm. we're essentially just letting the inner child cry and pace in her or his own room alone. Oh, yeah. They won't figure it out. They won't figure it out. They won't figure it out. They'll repeat the grooves in the brain. Like you said, they'll repeat the same grooves in the brain. So sending your kid to their bedroom when they're acting out is not, that's, that's the opposite of what you, I don't know. You no, have to tell me. I'm glad yeah. I really don't do that, but I'm like going, yeah. Oh, I don't think I should send my kids to their room. You know, yeah. it only happened a couple times, but they just really just want to hug. 
They do. They do. And to feel safe, to feel safe. And when we're addressing it, when we say, okay, you know, um, you're safe, I got you all as well. Then, then that part of us that's panicked Mm -hmm. can step aside for a second and be like, okay, I don't have to figure this out. Then what comes rushing in is the higher self, what comes rushing in is the spirit is universal consciousness. And then we're like, okay, this is what I got to do. This is what I get to do. Okay. This is the next step. Because, you know, um, yeah, the saying, what you use to get there is what you have when you get there. So, you know, um, so if we're trying to fix the problem while being in panic, we'll create more panic. So we got to calm down first. Like you have to pull it down. Totally understand that. Yeah. 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 Well, Nellie, this has been amazing. I am so so grateful. (laughs) I am grateful. You, this is my honor. You're thank you so much. And thank you to all of your tribe who are doing their well, work. And out there. How can people find you? I mean, and certainly we'll provide mm-hmm. the links, but I'd love for you to say like, how people can find you and um, even get on your channels from Dr. Peebles because there are great messages in there. Mm, how, how, do they so get, how do they get in touch? Yeah. So my website is natalieginelli.com. And mm-hmm. on that website, you can sign up to receive my newsletters. Um, mm-hmm. I send about one a week with a uh, excerpts from Dr. Peoples about his messages for the week. And you can also get a free inner child meditation actually on my website, which is yeah, and beautiful. Um, And then on Instagram, Natalie Gianelli at Natalie Gianelli. Um, I'm on Facebook too, but not a lot. I'm I'm learning how to do this now on Restream. So here we put your website right there. Look at that. Thank you so much. Yes, please. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, because we all need some kind of help along the way. And um, you've been there, done that. And what I always like to say is you are definitely letting your freak flag fly and you are being exactly who you're supposed to be in this lifetime. And that's yeah. awesome. And thank I, I thank you for that because mm-hmm. uh, as we continue to take this walk, it, uh, it continues to uh, muster up more and more courage because we continue to expand as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so true. Yeah. And then um, again, I'm giving away my book for free, awaken your wealth. All you have to do is pay for shipping. And um, we've got all kinds of things coming up. We do 21 day challenges and we um, I'm working on a webinar that's going to come out next month. And because, you know, my goal is to help financially heal the world. And we do this by tapping into our hearts and our souls mm. and that will fix a bunch of the money stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your work, Julie. Thank you so much for your, your um, service in the world and for coming through with so much heart, so much authenticity, you're radiating um, (laughs) your work and it's it's special to be a part of. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, and thank you. And we'll have you on again. I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) Good stuff. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye.